0: we've been in this series called good good father where we're taking a look at the story of Joshua and how the Israelites took over the promised land and 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 seeing how God has been a good good father to his people uh through this story. And so this is this is answering the question who is God. However, If you apply these principles to your parenting, you're going to be a better parent because of it. And so we started off looking at at, at, uh, Moses died. Moses died. It was 40 years in the wilderness. Moses died. Uh, Joshua takes over the mantle of leadership uh, from Moses and after Moses' death. Um, But this was a time of insecurity for his people. And so God secured them by saying, by telling them, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Um, I know you are insecure right now. But I am going to secure, secure you. I am your security blanket in, 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 in a really real way there. And then last week, we saw through the story of, of, of Rahab, the prostitute, when, when Joshua sent a couple of spies into, into Jericho, and, uh, and Rahab took them in, hid them, lied to her own countrymen, and then, and then released them to let them go back to their people, that Rahab had faith in God's reliability. And so that's what we took a look at last week. This week, now God is leading them into the Promised Land, and we see God as good, good Father, but but as their leader, as their leader. We're going to be in Joshua three if you're in a hardbound Bible, going old school with us uh, this morning, which is quite all right. Like when I, actually when I read the Bible, I like I like the papers. I like to be able to see forwards and backwards and, 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 and that, but uh, it is also nice to have the tablet and the and the phone that you can have the Bible at your disposal at any point in time. Uh, you can find uh, the event if you uh, look in more um, in, the, in the kind of the menu, uh, you can find the event there. It should pop up uh, pretty high or if not the first in that event. If you want to come back, And get back to the reading plan that I've put in there. Uh, You have to actually save the event to be able to come back to that. But I also put the reading plan online as well for the next week. I'll do that. Uh, um, It'll hit this morning. And so Joshua chapter 3, we also put the verses up on the screen. Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you must break camp and follow it, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourselves and the Ark. Do not go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before." And so what we're looking at this morning is God as good, good father, but specifically as leader. And we really take a look at this from two different questions. One, how is God leading his people here? And two, how do we respond to God's leadership? And so first of all, first of all, we see uh, God's presence among his people. He, he, he proved that or he told them that he was going to be with them in the, first, uh, in, in the first series, in the first chapter, or the first sermon of the series in the first chapter. Uh, but he affirms it again. Now, here's how we see it coming out in this story. Uh, through the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, the Ark of the Covenant that Indiana Jones was trying to find in, in um, which one was that? The, the very first one, um, Raiders, thank you, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I could think of all the rest of them, but I couldn't think of that one. And so yes, that one, uh, however, you know, fictionally, uh, that he was trying to find that. Uh, But what the Ark was, the Ark didn't represent the presence of God. The Ark was where God dwelled. The Ark was the presence of God among his people. God has always been Emmanuel, God with us. Always, through all of history. And so the, during this time period, it was, it, it was more than represented. It was that he dwelled in the ark. And God's saying, my presence is among you. And I am going to lead you. And I am going to go out. And you are going to stay at a distance about a half mile back and, 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 and watch. And then you're going to follow me. Wherever my ark goes, you follow where that goes. And so for the, for the Israelites, it was see and follow. See me, follow me. For us, how we describe this here now is that disciples hear and follow Jesus. And now God is Emmanuel through the, the, the Holy Spirit. When you have faith in Jesus, that He is your Savior, that, 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 that He died on the cross for your sins and resurrected to brand new life so that you can have the eternal, abundant, infinity life that He promised, when you have faith in that, the Holy Spirit comes in, dwells inside of you to lead you so that you can hear and follow Him. And that's how we find this infinity life that He has promised. But there's something interesting in this, in this section of Scripture that I read. And it's that whole bit about, hey, you all go back about a half a mile, and then my ark is going to lead, and you stay back there, and you watch. And the reason that God gave was that He said, for you have never been this way before. You've never traveled this way before. See, God spent 40 years leading them as they wandered through the wilderness because of their sin back 40 years ago. And he listened to them whine and complain and gripe. And every time God would do something and lead them to a new place, they would chime in and give their opinion about how wrong this was. I think God is telling them in this time, I'm going to lead you. You're going to stand back there. Keep your mouth shut. And just follow. Just follow. I don't need your opinion right now. Just follow me. Now God takes our questions. We'll talk more about that at the end of the service. God takes our questions. God takes our, our 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 difficulties. God listens to all of this. But there are times in life God just says, "Move back there. Watch me and follow me." Like, "I don't know about this." Parents almost guaranteed. At some point in time this week, you told your child, be quiet, go right over there, and just do what I say. Anybody? 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 Anybody with me? All right. All right. All right? God's just saying, just follow me. Just follow me. You've never been this way before, so you need to follow me. Personally, in my life right now, And in the life of Crosspoint right now, I think God's just saying, you've never been this way before. You've never been this way before. I'm taking you down a road you have not been. Your opinions are nice and great and all, but I'm just going to lead you and you need to hear and follow me. And in our nice American suburban lifestyle, we get up and we take the same way to work and we go to the same job every day and we, we come home to the same family every night, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, and we'll just you know leave, let that be and, 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 and all that. We live the same life. It's Groundhog Day, right? And we feel like we've got this because you know what? We've been this way before. But what if we approached every day saying, I've never been this way before. Because that's when we need God. That's when we actually need to hear and follow Him if we say, we've never been this way before. He has promised to be with us. He has promised to have His presence among us. Are we going to hear and follow Him and respond to His leadership? Joshua 3, 5, moving on. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. Consecrate yourself. Sanctify yourself. Purify yourself. There's an aspect of of making holy to this. And really, what holy is, is set yourselves apart, make yourselves unique so that that you're ready for God's purpose. And really, I think that's kind of what God is getting at that He's saying, prepare yourself. Because we cannot make ourselves holy. That's an impossibility. We cannot make ourselves holy. We can ask God to make us holy. And he will, but we cannot make ourselves holy. God is telling them, and and, and many times when he tells them, consecrate yourselves, purify yourselves, sanctify yourselves, what he is saying is that tomorrow I'm going to do something. And I need you to be ready for it. Because God can do a miracle right here among us, and if we're not ready to see it, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. He wants us to be prepared for him to do something. Now, for the last couple of weeks, really, you know, intensely, I've been taking a look at this passage and reading this passage and and, and, and this prepare yourself. And, and when it comes to this setting, right? Do we prepare ourselves for this setting? Like leading up to on this week, I'm like, on Saturday, I'm going to prepare my family, I'm going to, you know, bring them together and get them ready and and, 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 and try to, to, to try to prepare us and get our minds and our hearts ready and right to, for, to, to, to listen and see God move in, in this setting. And guess what? Yesterday happened. Put the boys to bed. Getting ready for bed myself. And I go, and I start reading this again, you know, as I, I lay, laying in bed, reading this chapter again. I got to this verse. I go, Nya-ha! still missed the opportunity, Right? I'm the pastor. Right? I'm the pastor. Do we prepare ourselves for God to move? Do we prepare ourselves to see God work in his midst? Or do we just kind of go through life? Now, at least I, I was able to redeem like Nicole and I, right? Like then I prayed with Nicole about today, and, and like at least I didn't didn't completely blow it, right? Like, Do we prepare ourselves? Do we expect God to work? And do we prepare ourselves for Him so that we can be watching for Him to work? Because He's powerful. See, He leads us in power. But we've got to prepare and be ready for Him to lead. Moving on. Joshua 3.7, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel so that they will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the water, stand in the Jordan. Then Joshua told the Israelites, come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He said, you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly dispossess Before you, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the uh, uh, Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites, and all the parasites—no, I added that just to see if you're paying attention. When the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth goes ahead of you into the Jordan, now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. When the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, come to rest in the Jordan's waters, its waters will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass. When, a, when the people brought camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, raising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarethan the water flowing downstream into the sea of arabeth the dead sea was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite jericho the priests carrying the ark of the lord's covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the jordan while all israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the jordan god will lead us strategically god will lead us strategically But we have to wait. We respond by waiting for him to 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 do this. Let's talk a bit about good strategy versus God strategy. Um, I have a map of the region of um, of Israel that we're talking about here. Uh, so go ahead and throw that up there. So. We have the Dead Sea there on the south, the bottom. We have the Sea of Galilee on the north, right? And then attaching the Dead Sea to to the Sea of Galilee is the Jordan River. So good strategy, they're coming up from Egypt, right? Good strategy would be to avoid the Dead Sea, come up, and start taking over from the south up. Okay, that's a good strategy, right? That's where they already are. Maybe they'd say, wait a minute, wait a minute. They'd be expecting this, right? They know we're coming. They're, they're, they'd be expecting this. So maybe we'll just go around and try and surprise them from the north. Go around the Sea of Galilee and surprise them from the north, right? That'd be good strategy. But what would happen if you did either one of those is this. All those tribes that we, all those It tribes that we just talked about, right? What they would do With that, they would form an alliance before they could get all the way up or all the way down. They'd form an alliance and the and the job would be more difficult. How do you not, how do you get them or how 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 do you go about it if you do not want them to form an alliance? You cut right through the middle, right? But there's one small problem the Jordan River. Plus, it's in flood stage. So you've got to ford a flood-staged river. That's a problem, isn't it? It's a big problem. The best strategy is also the worst strategy. I think, it, I, think, I think the statement was in Guardians of the Galaxy. We watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this weekend, so there's a lot of quotes you know, running through my head. You know, That's a terrible strategy, but it's all we got, right? It's all we got. But here's the difference between good strategy and God's strategy as, as God is leading them with the ark, they are following the ark. Don't you know all the people are back? They're like, they, they know where they're going. They're headed straight for a flood-staged river. Don't you know there's, there was more than one conversation amongst people going, what are we doing? Right? What are we doing? We're headed for a river that is in flood stage. What on earth are we doing? How are we actually going to get into the promised land this way? And this is where God's strategy comes in. He is still strategic. One of the research books that I I read uh, talking about about this story says that this is still known in military circles as one of the, the most brilliant strategic conquests of all time. Amazing people will say that about God, right? but it took God taking them away that they would have never gone themselves and that they were unable to go themselves in order to see the God strategy come to fruition. They had to wait on him. The hardest thing we can do in today's culture is wait, right? Upon leaving here, you can have food to eat within 30 minutes if we were actually leaving here to go get food, right? Within 30 minutes, you can buzz through McDonald's and boom, we got food. And if it gets cold, what do we do? We put it in the microwave and boom, we got warm food, right? Except the fries. got to eat the McDonald's fries first because they're hot, they're golden, they're juicy. They're ju- <laughs> the hardest thing we have to do in our culture today is wait, right? And then we're waiting For a strategy that on the surface looks absolutely moronic. It looks like a suicide mission, really. But then, as the people, the 12 that were carrying the ark, started going out into the Jordan, can you imagine what they started to think? Select from you one man from every tribe to carry the ark into the middle of a flood-staged river. Like, am I supposed to consider this an honor? Do I? Red shirt? Uh, red shirt. Red shirt? Okay, thank you. Not a geek. So, <laughs> Paul, when he said red shirt, what did I think of? Red shirt freshman, that's exactly right. I'm like, what does this have anything to do with? <laughs> thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Trekkies. Yep, uh-huh, anyway. <laughs> squirrel, shiny, bright squirrel over there. And so here, here we've got these people that are going, God, where are you going with this? And they're the ones going out into the middle of the flood-staged river. But God still provided, right? God still led them. And maybe, maybe you struggle with the whole thing of, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. You want me to actually believe that a river in the middle of flood stage stopped supernaturally you don't have to here's why six times from the 1100s to now six times the Jordan River has stopped flowing in recorded history Jordan River is kind of in a valley with cliffs all around it, and something would happen that would make those cliffs and the rocks come and come into the water and dam up the water, and the water would stop flowing. You can believe in a natural miracle here, it doesn't have to be supernatural. The point isn't how it stopped. The point is that God as a good, good Father was leading them to a place that they did not know about and He was doing so with love, care, and affection for His people. They just had to follow Him to make it happen. To see it happen. Good strategy versus God's strategy. I'm the best at trying to figure out how to fix a problem. And it's hard to wait. But it's best to wait. Because that's when we get to see God work in power. One last thing. Chapter 4. It says this After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua Choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. God will complete the job. God will complete his leadership. Take 12 men. Have them get stones from the middle of the Jordan River. Carry them to the place that you are going to sleep tonight on the other side of the river. Right? That's God flexing his muscles a little bit. That's God showing off a little bit. Like You're going to spend the night on the other side of the river when the night before you spent the night on the other side of the river. Set some stones up right here so that you can memorialize me completing the task. We talked a few weeks ago about how God made us a, a, a ceremonial people. And we see this all throughout the Old Testament, especially where God would do something and then and then he would or the people just on their own would set up a pile of rocks. That way, anytime anybody ever saw those pile of rocks again, they could remember for generations to come, they could remember this is where God stopped the Jordan River so that the people could walk across it. But then, but then Joshua, he wasn't commanded to do this, but, but, but he just decided to, just to do it anyway. Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are there to this day. I just had to think that maybe not during flood season, but maybe during normal season, they could see the top of these rocks peeking out above the water. And if the one on dry land wasn't enough, the pile of rocks in the middle of the river reminded them, this is where God did this. This is where God moved. This is God where God showed His power, showed His care, showed His affection, showed His leadership capability for His people. Never, ever forget it. God is a good, good Father who will lead us. Now, it's not always happy day that he leads us through. Some days that he leads us through, it's more like you're heading, you're heading me towards a flood stage river, God. type of day. It's I have back surgery on October 2nd, sort of day. It's this diagnosis. Came up sort of day it's I lost my job sort of day it's dark night of the soul sort of day I've also used the illustration of of God leading us through a forest or a jungle and some paths are nice and wide and open and you can you can see him clearly as he leads you through this 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 jungle other times it's a deep, dark, thick jungle. And the path that opens up is a path that he just fits through. And it closes behind him, and, and, and you keep continuing to follow him. But you're wondering is this really where he went? And is this what he really meant? And is this what, really what he, where he wants to take me? But as you just think that you can't go any farther, God leads you through that clearing. And you see the waterfall and the beauty of the clearing on the other side. He leads us through waterfall days, He leads us through thick, dark jungle days but He is still leading us through every single day. God is our good, good Father who leads us. How are you going to respond to His leadership? Maybe you're here and you've never committed to follow Jesus. I hope that something this morning enables you to commit. But even at that, we would love to be able to answer your questions. Maybe you follow Jesus. Maybe you've committed to Him. Maybe it's a waterfall day. Maybe it's a deep, dark, jungle day. But He's still leading you. And His presence is still among you. He's simply called us to hear and follow Him through every step of the way. As we focus our attention back to worship, we are worshiping this Father. Who is still leading us, no matter what type of day today is. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. For some here, it's a wonderful day. They woke up, they've never been better. For some here, man, quite frankly, maybe some here, they wondered why they even woke up. You're our good, good Father. We don't know always why You have led us where You've led us. But we're still here. And You are still here. Help us in these moments to recognize and realize the presence of You. Help us find life in the middle of the difficulty. Thank You. We love You in the name of prayer, Amen. We want you to experience life this morning. Capital L Life, given to you by, by the God that is with you and among you. If you need to pray with somebody, I'll be over here. There will be one or two more people in the back. If you want to pray with them, grab somebody you trust and pray with them. But worship the God who is your Father, who loves you, and is right now leading you through whatever you're going through. Stand with us and worship.